Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 552. Well, I've got Comic-Con voice, which means that I get squeaky in higher registers. Probably from screaming all the time at Comic-Con. Uh, it was it was a tr- unbelievable year at Comic-Con. I want to try to get the sister wives together to do a hostful to sort of wrap up everything from this week. So we'll try to get on that um, this week. It was it was just a last week was really crazy to get everything uh, organized, but it was uh, it was an incredible time. Um, hey, by the way, I would like to say that uh, there are a bunch of other podcasts on here that you might enjoy on the Nerds Podcast Network. Maybe the uh, the KO with Kurt Brownoler or Ding Donger with Matt Bronger, or Mutant Season, or Sex Nerd Sandra, or Chewing It, or the JV Club. Um, there's a lot of them, so go check it out. Um, it would be really great to uh, to have you uh, poking around the Nerdist Podcast Network, and I know that our other our other podcasters would appreciate it. This episode's Todd Glass, one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, Todd Glass also has a podcast you should listen to called the Todd, called the Todd Glass Show. Uh, Todd Glass has written a book called The Todd Glass Situation, which is a, a funny and beautiful and interesting story. And uh, we talk about it a lot on the podcast. And whether or not you know Todd, I think you will really enjoy this particular episode. Um, He's also going to be at the Comedy Cabaret in Bucks County, Pennsylvania on August 2nd. So go check that out if you're there. And here you are on the Nerds Podcast number 552 with Todd Glass. Now entering Nerdist.com. Are you okay? I've been worried sick about you. What are you worried about, Todd Glass? How are you doing? I'm doing good, actually. Good. What's going on? Um, what's going on? Just doing the book for like the last month and a half, but I'm also, uh, you know, doing the stand-up and did you you wrote business-wise? A, you wrote a goddamn book. I did <laughs> with some help. Um. <laughs> I never read a book, but you can ask me. I'll tell you the. If you, I never read a book. If you ask me some during on the podcast, I have a funny story about it. On the well, first we started. We can start now. Oh, oh we started. I mean, we kind of. God damn it! You do it right. <laughs> no, seriously. You know, you gave me the best piece of advice. What's that? Play more music. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know that's also a running joke. I on this do. Show. Know. Okay, <laughs> it's I. Nothing brings us more joy to go. I fucking Chris Hardwick. Yeah, and we play messages from you now. We don't even. You left them in the beginning I did, for yeah, it. You see, but yeah, now we just put on the voice effect, and it's you going, Todd. I don't give a shit. You stop in good interviews and just play your jingles. More jingles, Todd. And I go, Chris. Nobody wants to hear my jingles. It's ruining my show. People think I stop, and you go, I don't give a shit. More parodies, jingles. No, don't make. The podcast, if you if it represents work, and it sounds like it's not lazy, because in other areas, I know in your career, you 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 fucking work, but in this isolated area, don't make it represent work, or you won't enjoy it as much. Did, did you say like don't? Like, yeah, I, well, I mean, it should be it should be fun for you, and it should be stuff that you're actually interested in. Mm-hmm. And someone asked me, um, they said, oh, you know, um, I'm interviewing. Chris Pratt for uh, Guardians. What what should I ask him? And I was like, Well, what are you curious about? Like, ask him whatever you're curious about. I think people sort of think that the process has to be more formal than it is, but it, but it, particularly in a podcast, like mm. you just talk to you can just talk yeah. whatever is interesting to you. And yeah. no editing. I used to edit in the beginning, and I thought that's what Chris was talking about. Now every Wednesday, I'm like, Oh, what should I do that? Or how should I take that out? Or go look, just do what you're going to do. Don't give yourself edits. By the way. Now I'm paranoid about the opening. It sounds like I'm not really doing anything. What are you talking Because you're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, stand up. <laughs> the listener's going to go, obviously nothing's going on in his career. <laughs> yeah, and that's what they're all doing. And yeah. then they've already turned off by now. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll never like you again, Todd. They'll <laughs> not never go out to watch anything. Oh. Yeah. I like, I, you know, I have been conditioned in this culture that people are trying to sell me things. And if you're not trying to sell me something, <laughs> I don't want to not buy that thing. But, but you never used to like it when people sold you things. <laughs> are you trying to sell me a bill of goods now? <laughs> <laughs> Please, I just need to be sold something. Please, I'm dying. Sell me something. We'll be well, right back with Consumer Tech. I thought, you know when you're just talking casually before the podcast goes on, and you know when someone goes, how's everything going? I'd, I'd never like to make the mistake of thinking they mean business-wise. Because you do. You're like, so I, I just started to go, I don't want to say, like, start reading. Well, I'm working on this and that. So I was just like, good, I got my yard. Some <laughs> Is new your yard snow. nice? You know, you have a nice place. I, I am trying to get rid of the grass. And as much as I love grass, I have all but one spot of grass removed because of the cause being drought. The drought. Do you still live in the duplex? I do. Nice. I do. Um, by the way, the, the, uh, the, the upstairs, I rented out for a little while. These people were from... Uh, like some co- other country, you no, know. No, like, thank you. <laughs> <Ew>. Gross. <laughs> with, with their accents Ugh, and their foods Ugh. and their cultures. Yeah, I hate it. You might as well just take the toilet out because they're not going to use it. No, thank I don't tell you what country or who they are. Uh, no, thank you. I'm a little yeah. sick already. Yeah. They were from like, well, they sat outside and they made everything look like I can't. I love life, and I, it sounds a little weird, but I enjoy life, and I enjoy my comedian friends, but I'm not a relaxer. Maybe I don't want to relax, but still, it looks appealing. I look upstairs. Him and his uh, wife or girlfriend would be outside on the deck, like, with their legs crossed, and he'd be, like, smoking a cigarette, having a cup of coffee. I'm like, why can't I do that? Typical <laughs> foreigners. Yeah. Did, you, did, yeah. you, did you probably late for something? Oh, you, better, you better believe that. <laughs> do you, um, do you, now, did you evict them because they were too relaxed? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Why did you spit out of your water? First of all, 
on my mom's health. That was a real spit take. Because it would be so aggressive because I was jealous that I couldn't relax like them that I would have nicked them. Like, I would have nicked them. What was great about that spit take is there's the cinematic spit take where you go... No, but the real spit take is you hunch over and it just falls out of your face. The real spit take, here's what happens, and I've talked about this before, is I know that I'm not going to swallow it. Why try to make pretend? If I went another second and tried to have a word, then it would spit out. So I just open my mouth and go, Todd, this ain't going to get swallowed. (laughs) I've come close to spit taking the stuff you said before. Usually I'm I'm pretty good at keeping it in. That should feel good. That's a real fucking spit take. It did feel really good. (laughs) (laughs) I thought there, and you know, you think, oh, they're just on TV. People don't really do spit takes. Oh, yes, sometimes they, they do. do. Sometimes yeah, sometimes they do. Most <laughs> times they're sad. Yeah. Yeah, it's because of a drunk person or something. Oh, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened with the neighbors? What would a sad now? spit? Oh, could you do a, de- like a depressing spit take? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can, I can, oh, wait, I can wait. I think I know what you mean. Like, yeah. uh, get, get, uh, hold on. Let want, me. You want to see mine? Yeah, yeah. yeah do, do a. What do I ask you? And now it's time for video moments yes, in an exactly. audio podcast. Oh, for us, we're having fun. I'm gonna get a jingle for that. <laughs> you have to say something that would normally be, have a spit take, you know, as a reaction. Okay. Hey, how's your mother been? Oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> I love that. What is that? That's a sad spit. Oh, that's what you call a sad spit take. I used to do that all the time. Oh, that's great. I used to do that at restaurants where, like, uh, like they would bring the, the food, and I'd be like, that's not what I wanted. And just water <laughs> Why would you do that? Uh, Why would you ever <laughs> do that to someone? Can I do that on Kimmel tonight if I, yeah, yeah, if I say it's your bit? You have to. Okay. Yeah, you have to do that on Kimmel. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Here's what I'll do. Can I okay. do the Can I do the mop bit next time I'm on Conan? Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay. Let's see your version of it. I don't want to wet my shirt. I already. I know what oh, I thought. Oh, them... So I'm the only one that's committing. <laughs> this is a Target brand shirt, Todd. Okay, By right. the way, your shirt has fish on them, Jonah. You're just, just trying to keep it wet. Trying to keep them alive. <laughs> Chris, do you mind if it's visual? No, I'm, no, no. Right, go ahead. Okay. Um, uh, Chris, give him some. Okay. Hey, I'm really sorry to hear about your neighbors. Mm-mm. <laughs> but shouldn't it be something happy like that you don't know is going to go back? You said, oh, okay, okay, okay. Here okay, we go. Yeah. Really great news about your neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the worst podcast. <laughs> By the way, you want to get a picture? Oh, of yeah. oh yeah. There you go. You should see Todd's shirt right now. Yeah. And now, 15 minutes of origami. (laughs) (laughs) You got it? Yeah. Look, what a fantastic crane, Chris. I can make it this. Okay, a dick and balls made out of paper is a bit childish. <gasps> Shut the fuck up. That's the Todd Glass logo. Balls. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not supposed to say what it is. You're just supposed to react to it so okay. no one ever. Oh, let me Sorry. see. Oh. Eh. <laughs> Chris, I notice you take everything out of your pockets. I, I do, do the same thing. Do you do it on stage? Um, yeah, usually. I just don't like. Ha- I mean, I'll have my phone in my pocket usually, but I just don't like having a bunch of crap in my pockets when I. I'll tell you what, I feel so good right now. What? Yeah, this because is great news. Well, from laughing nice and I off. and I lost thirty pounds, but but that I did, and then I put back on ten. Okay, but because say. of Kimmel, it I got the ten off. What did you say? What I, I was going to say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you took the ten back off. I took off? the ten back off, and today was the day. Like this morning, I woke up, and there I was at my weight, and it's just. 
you know, I get tired of being stuffed and, and feeling, because, you know, I got 38s, but then I bought 34s. Uh-huh. So now I'm putting on weight in my 34 pants. So All I right. feel it. So now it's like, oh, I feel good. I'm not st- I just What's the Todd Glass diet? You don't want to know it. I don't re- I, I'll tell you what it is, but it's, I don't recommend it to anybody. Okay. Bits. It's, um, bits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I just have a bit for lunch and a sensible dinner. <laughs> and just a little bit for just dinner. Just a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That actually works. <laughs> I have a little bit, but you're a little bit of what? No, a little bit of a bit. No, just it's bits. Bit. You do bits. You're like, hey, you'll be the doctor and I'll be the plumber. <laughs> They're just bits that comedians do all day. That's all comedians do. That's why I love comedians. It's yeah. all bits. Well, yeah, it's time bits. for my snack. I need a location. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're calling out suggestions. Yeah, I hate the idea where people say, oh, are you comics are always on. Yeah, because it's fucking fun. <laughs> I'm shaking his hand because, yeah, I agree. And you know what? It's not only, uh, to me, I don't know about you, but I love about stand-up comedians because they, f- for me, they fill everything that I need. And it's, yes, it's course, it's being able to act like a seventh grader the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But it's also, they can be deep and they can be silly and they can be emotional. They don't, you know, they don't have to be like, so that's, it's everything. It's not yeah. like we're all, it's not like we're competing. I always feel like it's more like, if it is competing... When you're when we're being silly and trying to be funny, it's like seventh graders competing. Like, yeah. oh, remember we did this, and they're so excited, and they're all ramped up, and life yeah. hasn't beaten the shit out of them yet. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's a game. It's, it's a kickball game. Everyone's a loser and a winner at the same time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I never did. Kick- never thought of a kickball game that way. <laughs> yeah. I call it the great equalizer. <laughs> no one's really that much better than anyone else. I guess that's true. Yeah. No, I don't know though. I feel like I was not that great at kickball, and then there were other kids who were just super athletic and really good at kickball. Yeah, but the spectrum, not that big. I guess so. Yeah. I hurt my foot playing kickball once. Okay, never mind. You well, <laughs> now listen. I, well, the, what it, happened? I hurt my foot. Well, it wasn't the, it wasn't the yellow. I mean, it wasn't the, the red squishy ball. Like It was like a hard soccer yeah. ball. And I went to kick it, and uh, my foot just bent back when I kicked. I was very young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, when uh, feet are bendable. When feet are very bendable, and I actually hurt myself <laughs> playing kickball. No. That's when I realized I shouldn't do stuff like yeah, that. Anyway. That's when the indoor said, Chris, come yeah. back. Okay. And that's when I went back in and played chess. <laughs> For reals. So I'll tell you my diet. Okay. Now, this is once I have the weight off. I okay. couldn't do this. Once the weight's off and I just want to maintain. Mm-hmm. Again, I do not recommend this to anybody. Okay. I do have a healthy drink during the day. Like, you know, one of like Whole Foods with kale and okay. celery and sure. carrots and wheat. And I get a wheatgrass and ginger and everything. But I'm going to eat late at night. I, people go, you don't eat late at night. I go, I know, but I'm going to. Yeah, because sure. we're all up really late. Right. So I don't eat all day, pretty much. If I do, I'll have the grass, the wheat, or the, the healthy shake. Not a shake, like a you know, a good, a green, yeah. a green drink. I have that, and maybe like half a piece of chicken, like mm-hmm. a clean piece of chicken. That is it. Okay. Then I eat it like three in the morning, like three in the morning. Mm, French fries, roast beef sandwich. <laughs> Do you really? And that means, and that the weight will stay off. I've been doing. The, I was just telling you about this the other day. I just drink juice during the day, and then at night I have like you know like a sandwich. But you don't think eating the worst meal at the worst time of day is bad? For well, bas- yeah. you're saying okay, let's say it keeps the weight off. What about for other reasons? Well, I'm just saying. I'm saying it's you know. Uh, it, because of the way that your metabolism works when you go to sleep, it's not great to eat right before right, you go no. to sleep. It's in your stomach, right? Yeah, but, but the it way works. my lifestyle is, it's uh, you know, in the morning, you know, we get up and we get you know, get, start the day. You know, D doesn't have a lot of time, so we'll go and get like. A but spoon. if you know you're going to eat late at night, I guess that's. But I will tell you this: in the morning, if you uh, if you eat a banana, 
and then sometimes you'll all, I think it just it's because it sits in your stomach it just goes right out I, don't, I made that part up but I think it I don't think you happen. made up shitting I think that exists <laughs> no, yeah. no but like the banana as a whole no it gives you it makes you go to the bathroom oh, I heard like, the yeah, potassium coffee or something. does the same thing actually yes you, coffee does if you uh, drink coffee uh, it actually depletes your potassium potassium so you have to uh, having a banana is a very wise choice well that's why these banana coffees are starting to pop up all well, that's over why the you place. see a basket of bananas. Uh, right there next to the register. I thought they were just impulse buys. Yes, because they can charge a dollar for a banana that basically costs a penny. That's true. That's why they do bananas, and it totally works. Yeah, by the shit out of those bananas. When did you decide to write a book? Well, the funny thing is, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I start out very, I go totally like into a regular interview. You know, Chris, it's a good question. Hold that. We're gonna Um, be right back. Oh, we'll be back. Uh, You know what? I never thought I would because I, matter of fact, Alex, our manager, had talked about it. Loves Uh, talking uh, people into writing books. Well, he said, I said I could never write a book. Because I never read a book. Mm-hmm. I'm not bragging, but uh, <laughs> I'd be the worst bragger in the world. Yeah. I, gra- I never graduated high school. I don't mean to brag. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, because I only read one book, and it was, which I have a, a, a funny story about that book that I read, uh, but I'll tell you. So well, we're af- out of time. After, so. <laughs> let's say that we're again. just out of time. We're so. out of time. Yeah. We're out of time, Todd. Um, but uh, after I uh, came out of the Mark Maron, you came out of what? What is it? Are you no, more embarrassed? That, uh, is it because it was Mark Maron or because of the? <laughs> because- <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. I think your friends and family would accept you for being on Mark Maron's show. <laughs> you don't have to keep that in. <laughs> you know, letting everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Todd, I think it's time to come out of the garage. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That was that was like a prize fighter of comedy. Boom, boom, boom. And just when the joke's all done, one more. Boom. Uh, that, and by the way, you know, I don't even like to say come out of the closet. I like come out of the garage or come out of the shed. So it worked. It I'm worked like, perfectly. It worked. Uh, so... So uh, I had someone had contacted me from Simon and Schuster and said that's not a story that they usually would want to talk about, but they thought the situation and I thought, yeah, I don't know. And then they hooked me up with a ghostwriter. And I'm not gonna lie, after like three days with the ghostwriter, really, I thought, okay, I think I might have something here. So like Poe or Shakespeare or someone who passed away. A ghostwriter. Oh no, Ghostwriter! Oh, I can't. Come on, dad jokes. Me, oh, dad jokes. Oh, I, oh, I'm Kevin's dad. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about me. Hey, sure, a lot of sweet butts around here. Am I right? Some single moms. Ghostwriter. There was that like. Oh, yeah, they dad, passed though. away a long time ago. Don't mind me. Don't, don't mind me. Yeah, I just yeah. have fun. You kids have fun. Where's the punch? <laughs> I love any Ghostwriter joke. Blake Wexler every time he comes over to my house puts a sheet and goes, "I'm Todd's Ghostwriter." <laughs> I think mean, he goes, "Is that getting old?" I'm like, "You kidding?" Me? It gets better every time. It's one of those jokes, yeah. So, do you, so when you sit with a when you sit with a ghostwriter, do you basically um, do you give them notes, or you just start talking to them, and they kind of compile like that person compiles? Yeah, they, yeah, it's exactly what happened. He just I start talking and talking and talking for like three days straight, and I was surprised how many notes he took because then later when we went to write the book, that was just for the proposal or to Simon and Schuster actually, mm-hmm. um, that. Uh, that uh, that I went oh okay and then it's and then he would uh, go back to specific things even some things that I thought was that even interesting and then he pulled looks at it from a different perspective and then I would leave memos on my phone it's in my voice 
So I'm not embarrassed. He was actually the co. I, he's actually the co-author. I didn't realize that he that was his title. But even when I thought I didn't have to give him credit, I'm like, no, give him credit. I sure. I wrote the book. I don't. He helped me. I couldn't have done it without him, uh, Jonathan uh, Grotstein. But um, <laughs> give, give him a little like, plug. He was great. Like you couldn't. It's a fake name. So, Grotstein, uh, bro. Because yeah. I say Grotstein. It is Grotstein. That's why I go. I say Grotstein. It's Grotstein. You say Grotstein. No, I don't. Oh, you don't. Know, you're right. <laughs> be the shortest song in the world. You say banana. No, I don't. I don't say banana. I never. Never once. So, so uh, not make it clear because it's probably boring. But uh, I would leave him voice memos, and the only reason he would change the verbiage is when I loved it. When I, you know, when you're trying to explain something to a friend and you can't get it out, and then they get it out for you. They say it. You go, yeah. thank you. They got it out better than you could get it out. Yeah. He did that a lot, but it's in my voice, and uh, I would leave him voice memos like, all right, so I'm working at the Comedy Works. It's 1983, and uh, I got to go pick Jay Leno up in my parents' station wagon. In Orange, in West Orange, New Jersey. Then I would tell the story, and he would, re- and then I, he'd print it out, and I'd read it, and I'd go, "Oh, that's good, that's good." I go, "You know what? I, I wouldn't this year. I wouldn't say that. Don't, no, no, no." I go, "I have to answer to my comedian friends." I said, "I go, Jonathan. Just so you know, I have to answer to my comedian friends, and I don't want them to read it, and they'll be right <laughs> and go, ah, Todd didn't. I mean, it's a good book, but you can tell it's not in his voice or whatever." So he 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 adhered to that and was great. That's fantastic. That's really cool. yeah. You should have done that instead of all no, that work you put in. I know, but I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it myself just because I really wanted to. That for me, that was my. I can't really write a book about productivity and have someone else. Kind of got to tackle that one myself. Yeah. I have like because I never. I knew it was not even an option. I was doing a uh, a book uh, a book uh, a book thing a book signing. And I was telling a friend of mine that I've never read a book. It's just, I, I can read. When people put something in front of me, yeah, I can read I, I, better than they think I can. But I can't retain. So I was at the book signing, and it was about 20 minutes before I went on. I was very nervous. I'm not, I don't really like doing them. And uh, I told him the only book I ever read was dir- uh, about a dirty dog Harry or something. And I go, and I, pr- I promise you this is a true story. Uh, it's, uh, so... Um, Ask them to take the <laughs> they hallway sound like party. they're having fun. Yeah. So, um, so I said it's about a dirty dog. It's something about Harry. And I go at the end. I wanted my back when I wanted my dad to read it to me a long time ago. You know, oh, back when I was like thirty. Um, no, when I was in the first grade, <laughs> I said, "Yeah, it's the book where the where the dog sleeps in the ashtray at the end." And my dad found the book finally, and he wanted to. Sh- I said, "Yeah, there's the dog sleeping in the ashtray in the last page, just like I remembered." And it was the dog sleeping in a blanket. After you know, so I thought it looked like an ashtray because you know, like the old funky ashtrays, like from the. So 70s. you can read, you just can't see pictures. I can't see pictures. Yeah. That's a problem. I can't even look at pictures properly. <laughs> you, can't, you can't interpret pictures. <laughs> can't read, and I have a blank as an ashtray. So I tell a, uh, a comedian that story, and that was it. And then I, I know it's just I call it a coincidence in the universe. Whether you believe it happened from somebody upstairs, I, I don't necessarily. But still thinking that it's a coincidence in the universe is still amazing. Right. And there's the book. Like on the shelf, right where we're talking. And I go, shut the fuck up. And then, you know, Blake comes over and I'm like, that's the book. And it said it's 50 year anniversary because it was written before I was even born. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So I went up. I don't I didn't want to read my book because I'm not a great reader. So I read that book. Like a little bit of it, and I went, all right. That's this is the only book I ever read in my entire life. You didn't even finish it that time. I didn't even finish it that time. <laughs> well, it was funny that I go. This is the only book that I read, and and here's the only book I ever wrote. Oh, that's sweet though. That's a really nice story. It, it was cra- it was weird. It was crazy. But yeah, you know, um, weird and crazy. I don't know if they're the right adjectives. One and one. one, it, and one. What, what's pretty interesting about uh, 
having someone else listen to your stories and tell you if they're interesting or not. I wonder how many bits you don't pursue because you go, that's not interesting to anyone because it's too close to you. But it actually could, you know, from another point of view, be like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah. you know, how many times have you had a comic friend who said something? You go, you got to write that. You got to write that down. I'm like, really? No, that's just a dumb thing that happened. We go, no, 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 no. That's really interesting. That's exactly what I told a friend right now that's writing a book, and he doesn't have a, a. Even if you write it in your own words, at least sit down with somebody, whatever you want to call them. Even if you hire somebody just to sit with you, because that's what happens. It's you're not we trying call to them do Kyle. it, Kyle. and then they'll pull it out they'll be like what what was that you know and that helped me a lot too I was like and then if nothing I said don't ever if it's nothing just you can go 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 if there's nothing but if it's so are you on a book tour now, or are you are you compiling that with stand up, or are you? I'm doing it with stand up. I did a few book thing book signings, but I'm done those. They're not they're not my favorite because I get so nervous. But uh, but I but I did have fun at the book. Someone said you don't have to do it traditionally. So when I did the one over at. Uh, Place here in Los Angeles. Skylight. Skylight. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Um, uh, there was there was a nice group in front of me, and then I said, every time somebody comes in late, I go start booing me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm at a podium, and they. By the way, not only did they do it, I love when people do it and they do it right. They did it like a great bit, and they were like, "Boo! Turn his mic off!" And I just kept going, "No, you're not listening. No, I didn't say all women. I didn't say all women." <laughs> <laughs> and and then so I would pick key phrases, and then twenty minutes later, somebody else came in, and I, every time I saw them coming in because I was facing the door, the audience jumped right in. I said, "No, no, no! I listen. All I'm saying is they don't marriage is between a man and a woman. Why is that?" <laughs> and then they were boo boo. One guy, not aggressively, he did it right comedically. He took the chair in front of him that was empty. And he pushed it at me. He oh, went, get really off. Funny. And I'm like, you don't have to push a chair at me. Do you, and now how, at what point do you switch back over to the real talk? It, 45 seconds. Yeah, yeah. 45 <laughs> seconds. Not that long. And, but the people in the bookstore were great. I was afraid if they'd be like, what? Yeah, this is not a typical book signing. But uh, they were great. They loved it. So That's it was really you know, a lot of fun. You know we're going to end this podcast. And I, feel, I know we talked about this the last time you were on. But I still love the bit about where you call someone and then you start then you they start saying really tragic things that happen and then whenever you feel like it you just hang up on them oh, and, that's, it's, and it's always oh, funny yeah. it's always so, funny for the other person so so well, i think what the way we should like later on when we end the podcast you'll leave the room and call me and then we'll do it because okay. I fucking love it so much. Yeah, I'll call you and tell you why. Maybe I go, hope I was funny because, you know, I f- here's what's going on in my life or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it's just some tragic, you <laughs> yeah. know, oh, not so great. My, you know, so whatever it is. Oh, I, or how about if we end the podcast that way? I'll go, look, guys, I didn't want to bring this up earlier because I thought it was a little weird and I didn't want to bum everybody out, maybe. And then I'll tell you something really sad. You'll go, okay, that's our podcast. I think it's, I think on it's the better. Phone? I think it's better if you go, go out the room and call me and then okay. I'll put it on speakerphone. And then, because there's yeah. something really sad about a voice on speakerphone, yes. too. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. So, I think I, I the first time you ever did that was years ago, and I was with a, I was in a meeting, and I did, we did it, and we and you go, and it's, I'm telling you, it's gonna be funny. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it, and I'm, and I'm not setting it up too much, but it doesn't matter. It's gonna be funny, and you did it. Yeah, <laughs> and we hung up on you after about like 20 seconds, and everyone everyone loved. That's it. That's great. Um, I do a thing in my house. It's a version of that when my friends are leaving, and I don't know if it's really based on me really not wanting to go to bed, and everyone's leaving my house after like a, a hangout. So I go out to the last person leave and I walk next to their car and I go man Rory Scovel is the best at this he'll commit I go I don't know what it is you know it sounds even depressing now when you're saying it on the thing but I go I just lately I think about killing myself all the time but when you guys are here I guess the reason it makes me so happy is because I feel like when you're here I'm not thinking about it I'm just laughing 
So I really had a good time tonight. And I guess he goes, oh, it's great. And he pulls off. <laughs> <laughs> same, the, same bit, but different. Same bit. But driving and away. for me, it's great because you get like, oh, my God, if that happened, how that would be the worst person. And I always ask him the next day. He calls me because it's so it's a bit, but it feels so wrong and so right. <laughs> He'll literally call me and go, oh, my God, we're laughing so hard in the car. <laughs> Roy, Roy's really good at the, uh, at the esoteric bits. He's, yeah. he's, he may be one of the best. He yeah. gets he you know Roy like that's why I'm like you know hanging out with young comics can be fun because number one they're the only one that'll talk about comedy as much as I want to talk about it right <laughs> and uh, you, I've learned a lot from watching Roy you know like it taught me like yeah dude, dude take the bit you know silly keep going keep, going, keep yeah. going don't get nervous you know yeah Ian Carmel is good at that too oh think, Jesus where, like, Christ he just will push forward through people not laughing or not getting any just like just like Rory just pushes through and just gets it back it's so fucking awesome to see yeah I, I, Ian I totally agree yeah. it's I sit you know I watch him and I'm like it makes me want to ask him dumb questions like not dumb but audience questions we perceive to be from somebody like you know like how do you come up with your ideas and that's I want to go like ask him I go did you plan that he's like no we just thought of it right there I'm like you did yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah his brain just works at a, on a different uh, and, and such a nice guy too yeah, yeah, yeah you want to yeah. hug him yeah. He has so much love. His whole his whole being radiates with love. I think. Have you ever thought about like where's where where do you fall in the like getting talking about more personal stuff on stage versus doing like doing bits? Well, I, I obviously I always have that rule. It should be funnier than it is. You know, it should always be funny if you're going to say it on stage. Yeah. But um, but I like to do a little bit of both. I remember thinking about just when George Carlin had died. I thought I was thinking coincidentally like. Well, okay, I got to decide what I'm doing. Like, do I talk about social issues? Because I sort of like that. But then I'm really silly. And I remember thinking, I knew for a fact I had to choose one or the other. I thought. But at the time, I had certainty. Yeah, of course. You got to choose one or the other. And it was like a big thing. Like, what am I going to do? Like, you know, 25 years in comedy or 28 when I thought about this? Like, oh, God, I don't want to have to put, what am I going to do? And then I saw George Carlin talk about it or someone talk about him. He goes, no, whatever he wanted to do. He was yeah. silly. He was social. He was yeah. political. I was like, thank God, because I did not want that job to figure out what I was going to do. So I like doing a little bit of a little bit of everything. Did, yeah. did anything in the book <clears throat> uh, spawn some new material or were they separate? You know, it did. That's a good, that is a good question. I hate saying that because it's so cliche, but no, it no, is no. a good question. Um, a story that he did justice to when I was younger, my mom had a uh, a birth that said and he understood it it said i'm thirsty and i was telling him this story i don't know how it came up and my aunt came into the living room and she goes maureen your bird's thirsty <laughs> okay first of all you're, you're part of a select group of a few people maybe audience or podcast that laughs right there which i don't care either way it's it gets funny either way but like you get the birds birds don't have cognitive What's the word? Cognitive, Cognitive thought. Cogn right. But sometimes audiences don't laugh at that. They're right there. They're like, they don't understand. I go, folks, can I tease? Oh, anyway, so that story, yeah. uh, uh, you know, that story right there, your bird's thirsty. And I thought, that might really mean she has, I'm serious, uh, in, 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 uh, not stable. Like, if, if that happened to me and I had kids and she was going to watch them that weekend, I'd go, seriously, like, so I asked the audience, does anybody here agree with me? If that happened with you, your aunt's going to watch your kid. She asked the bird starts to go, really? So if you went in the living room, and I'll tell you something else the bird used to say. No, this is real. The bird used to also say, uh, Paul, do me a favor. That's my dad. <laughs> okay. So if you saw my aunt going, oh, Paul's out of town, sweetheart. Is there anything I can get you? 
so so and she and now would you go and if she was not joking not doing a bit going the bird went paul do me a favor oh now listen i'm not gonna tell you again paul's out of town that's why i'm staying with maureen for the weekend to help her with the kids <laughs> paul do me a favor you'd go okay there's a there's a blockage there sure not not a silly block like genuine uh, there's a problem mm-hmm. so i said and so i said why isn't it the same way with water why didn't she understand like the you know your bird's thirsty maureen what if she gave it water we thought and it kept going i'm thirsty oh how much water can you drink (laughs) wait till paul gets back (laughs) so that was a story that i told him that i've put into the act i didn't do a great job at recapping it but i did all right i like to insult myself you did are you just saying it chris am i funny yes (laughs) you're funny i have a bit it's it is in my act but it is fun to do in real life if anyone ever baits you and uh, you just you just give them exactly you don't you don't take it like if they go I'm a failure I swear I'm never going to amount to anything and you go oh my god we thought you didn't know oh, yeah. <laughs> oh I feel so much better we thought like do we tell them or like and it works for anything it's like oh, my hair looks like shit it just looks like shit and you yeah. go that's what I was thinking yeah. I love so, I love doing that I was just like, like we, I was gonna say yeah we thought you didn't know because you fail at everything so yeah. we thought this would we thought you good. knew but now to find out you know that you're a failure. Oh my God. It's like a weight off my shoulders. They, they wanted me to tell you. <laughs> oh, this like, is just, oh, I'm such an idiot. Yeah. Oh, I, like, I, don't want, I don't want any of that fail to rub <laughs> yeah. off on me. I don't want to get too close. Anyway. <laughs> and then you just leave. I, uh, every Can time... I steal a water? Is yeah, it, sure. Is this mine? No. That... Is that mine? I think that's mine. I think that's yours. Oh. Yeah, this... Uh, let me take a new one. I'm always paranoid if I'm not positive. What was yeah. that I saw in that drawer? A Google cluster. Shut up. A Google cluster. You can uh, have it if you want. You're more than welcome to have the Google. I wouldn't eat it on the air because no, I won't. I won't. But, I, but you but can I have it for later. later. Damn, that looks good. Yeah, the Google cluster folks. Morgan Freeman. Are they part of the? Uh, no, they the just show? we we talked about them at one point because uh, I think it's a Nashville thing. I think they. They're, That's they're where from, you were just coming from. Yeah. yeah, I was coming from Nashville, and I was talking about Google clusters, and so they sent us a box of them. So, Google clusters for everyone. They are. They look good. I like the packaging. But remember, you can't eat it till 3 a.m. <laughs> All right. <laughs> As you're about to fall asleep, shove the Google cluster into your mouth. Don't you have weird dreams when you eat really late? I have, I have horrible dreams when I eat right before, if, I, if I don't let food, the food digest. You know, just just so I, I I try as much as I do do that. Sometimes I try not. I don't do it seven days a week. But um, yes. It's it's not the best sleep. It's not it's not the best sleep, and and you wake up feeling a little bit stuffed, and you you know. But but it, when I'm going to do it, maybe two or three nights a week, it sort of works. I think about the days where I, when I used to drink all the time, and I would, I mean, I would the stuff that I would eat at two three o'clock in the morning, like right before bed, and then wake up at like seven or eight in the morning because you you know you're just all full of stuff, so you yeah. don't sleep well, and just. Feel like, ugh, and then look and see an empty. There was a place oh. in Westwood where, near where I used to live called Tommy's, and Tommy's is basically like chili burgers. Yeah. And I don't know what goes into them, and I, don't want, I didn't want to know, but it was good. <laughs> Especially when you were drunk, it was really yeah. good. And so, uh, like fries, like these skinny fries and this chili burger, and I would fucking eat a chili cheeseburger and fries at like 2 o'clock in the morning and then pass out. Yeah, I remember one time driving, uh, driving you back home... Uh, from into Westwood from the uh, M bar, mm-hmm. like you, you're like you're like I want to go to Jack in the Box, and I was I was like I don't know if that's anything close. You're like I want I gotta go to Jack in the Box, <laughs> and you took me. Yeah, I took you. Like it's like a and like it was really out of the way, and uh, <laughs> yep, and like you got so much food, and I thought it was for both of us. 
I know. You were ordering from, and, I, and you're like, what? it was like a fucking like a like a joke in a comedy. And so you order all this food, and you're like, what do you want? Yeah. And years later, yeah, we would do a podcast together. Oh no. Yeah, that's right. Oh wow, that's right. M Bar opened the year that that stopped, so there mm-hmm. was some crossover. That was a yeah. great. You know, M Bar was. It's still it's still there, but I I don't know. No, it's, been, uh, Joe wrapped it up. He did, did? He? yeah. No more Embar. <gasps> no that was idea. a great. I feel like you know I don't have to wait years to come. Like you know how like I think we might have talked about this before, but you know how like when we hear about scenes from the fifties and sixties, like when we well, yeah. you know would hear those scenes, and you thought what was it like, and then you go, I think genuinely, you know, we've been lucky enough to be a part of uh, some really cool scenes in Los Angeles Amazing that we'll be talking scenes. about for the a original, long time. The original yeah. Uncabaret at Luna Park in the nineties, and then and then Largo, and then. Uh, Gypsy Cafe was a little mini scene, but Largo, and then Largo kind of led into M Bar. Yeah, that's when I showed you know, up. The M Bar was magical. Comedy for Death me. Ray, yeah. w- which is what it was called then. Uh, it didn't even have a name for like the first two years. For the first two years, it was yeah. a big deal when Scott Scott named it. <laughs> yeah. Scott and BJ named it, but it was. Uh, it, but then when it went to UCB, like the show was still great, but the energy just changed. But like, you know, fucking M Bar was like a supper club, but. You know, no one was wearing suits, but it was like that. It was so the social. Boots, the red, the, the red boots, velour boots, yeah. and the red the stage was kind of cra- like the Velvet stage would always kind of move because yeah. there wasn't really a good place for it. And then <laughs> it was never a good place. It was for never it. a good place for it. And uh, yeah, and then the food and the drinks and then the hanging out afterwards, like because you can't you can't hang out afterwards at and UCB. The patio. The patio the was patio a big deal was too. so great. It was, and it wasn't like it was lavish, but it was comfortable to hang. And out it was at. right when it was right on the like we did joke machines there. It was like right yeah. on the cusp of everyone about to like pop you know it was like it was like that was the period where louis was just started finding the material about his kids i remember like yeah when he started yes. doing that stuff and zach 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 just did late world with zach yeah, and he was, and he was miserable Sw- no. Swords, novak and then novak, novak was, was just about to do the office and swordson was just about to start writing all those movies and uh and so it was a really i i i was just about to lose 40 pounds for <laughs> booze did you lose 40 pounds yeah it was 40 it was 40 pounds when you drink every day and beer too, right? When you would drink beer every day, I mean, any alcohol is basically sugar, and your body yeah. has to metabolize it, and it'll store it as fat. You know, obviously, beer is the, I think, the worst, worst. But it, um, uh, and I was drinking a lot, right? Like 15, 15 beers a day or something. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> so crazy. Um, you know, starting at like five or six at night. Uh, the first four were always in the fast lane, and then, you know, <laughs> and then, uh, not you say like you were like a shower beer guy sometimes? Like, yeah, time to get ready work. to get going. Yeah. I don't ever remember, you know, some people that when they stop drinking that you're like, okay, they needed to. Now, you know, you needed to, but you were never publicly, well, like you were never think, angry think, or anything. No, I wasn't, but I think people start, I think people figured it out. And, and I think part of the reason why, part of the reason why I don't ever I mean, I don't know. I just, I respect the power that it has over me. And so that kind of, you know, sort of like respecting your foe, respecting your enemy is just sort of a good, is like yeah. a good rule of thumb. Is and to by not, the way, I'm not telling you, uh, oh, you should drink. You were fine in public. <laughs> I, I get it. Uh, besides health reasons alone. No, you would just public. get sleepy. I just I mean, get like, sleepy. It's like you're, get hang, food. you're hanging out at a party and you get it like a spot and you kind of like. Yeah, but when you, but when you cut that out. Like all of a sudden, all that just, and then you're not really eating really late at night either, you know, like with all the beer. So it, uh, yeah, it just, you drop weight like that when you, if you drink a lot and then you quit. Yeah, yeah. And you can also like eat more. And because there's, you get bloat too. Like you get booze bloat too. So when you, body holding on to all that, you know, precious water. 
Yeah, yeah, because you're just dehydrated all yeah, the time. Exactly. So yeah, so there's a lot of reasons why, but but I immediately lost a bunch of weight uh, very very quickly. It feels good. It does feel nice. It does you know? I was just going to add to the you know finding out about the uh, the the meltdown. You know, Alex, I think. Oh, everybody's yeah, Alex Murray yeah, yeah. Uh, was would tell me he goes you got to go you got to go and I'm always the hanging out thing and like you just said the UCB although just you know very very special point in 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 my career also finding that scene and and uh, there was no place to really hang out right and then I get there I remember the first night I went there you had a food there was a food truck out back at that point yeah they were still doing the uh, like their food cart or truck in the back right. yeah and I went you know I'll throw you throw you a compliment because I think you deserve it like a lot of the one nighters or where they have comedy you always think god you know me like why don't you do this why don't you do that for cheap and i went in there and i'm like these fucking guys get it you had no money obviously but you still hung up some clamp lights from like even home depot you made lighting on the stage you introduced the show from the back you know it was like ladies and gentlemen and every week you went you did little things and like you you made it perfect for comedy and i remember the first night i went and then i go out back i'm like are you fucking shitting me like there's a hangout and i think i hung out there like everybody left till 2.30 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, I remember. Just yeah, talking yeah. out back because I'm like, I'm not leaving as long as there's it one used to person be more, here. You used to be able to do that at Meltdown, but then there's an apartment building right behind they there. They start calling the cops. And they start calling the cops. Yeah. And, and so it's just like, so now there's a very strict like, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, when the show's over, you know, like you can, you can hang out for a little bit, but not yeah. in the parking lot. And it sucks too because then it like it's like, you know, it's like, hey, don't be loud here. Just go to the pizza place. And then the pizza place closed. And it was just like, everyone's like, where's everyone going? We're like, yeah, home. Home. <laughs> just yeah. go home. Or a bar on the east side. Everyone's like, well, I live over here. See Isn't, uh, what's that? Uh, isn't there like is El Compadre or something El Compadre no it just gets too crowded it's not really good in hanging out place the Pikey is too small yeah uh, but it's the know. place right across the street it's like you go inside Chibo? it's orange li- it's very Chibo. orange lighting yeah. Chibo. restaurant I've been enjoying that once yeah. in a while Chibo's good toy's good it take, toy's pretty good too yeah yeah but like it's it's that's always the thing like Kumel like it's like, it's, it's like it has to be a place that has beer and booze because it's like you know, you know, people don't want to drink beer, right? It's really weird, just like the negotiation every week of where's the best place to go and hang out after the show. Because the shows are so good, and everyone gets jazzed. You know, I remember I didn't understand that when I was a kid because I was just like jazzed about everything. But there's a you know, after a good comedy show, you kind of have all that adrenaline. Just you kind of yeah, it's hard to it go. Out. It's hard to go home and just like get into bed and stare at the ceiling and just have your brain spinning a million miles an hour. Yeah, that's what I was on the Sklars. It's like you know, they don't really drink for their shows, but they'll have like they always like have a couple beers after a set to kind of come back down yeah. and then go home and like be dads again. Hey, I have a, I have a serious kind of out of left field question, but it just popped into my head, so I'm going to ask it. I'm seeing somebody. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right. That's the oldest <laughs> dumbest joke, but I think it's funny still. Uh, Edit that out. After you... <laughs> <laughs> we'll just, we'll, Everyone we'll, would have we'll thought it was just a joke. joke was. <laughs> um, when you came out of the garage, did your life... Uh, did you find that you were less stressed or anxious in general? Did that make you feel calmer? You know, I didn't think at the time that it would. I thought oh, I got comfortable with my own circle of friends. And, and by the way, just out of my own paranoia, let me say this. I, one of the big things about coming out was that I was afraid it would become my identity. Mm-hmm. So I'm paranoid when I'm talking about it like this. But yeah, I'm promoting a book, so now I talk about it. Yeah. But mostly my life went back to the way it was. And I'm like, okay, this is what I wanted it to be. Yeah. When, now when it comes up, I can talk about it and love talking about it. Because mm-hmm. how many years couldn't I? Yeah. But, and, you know, and this is one of those situations where I can. But I thought I got comfortable in my circle of friends, and I thought I, I was I was okay, and I and you know, but it's it is 
so much better. You don't realize how much plate spinning it is. And it's just a ton of plate spinning. And you're just always trying to think like, who knows? Who doesn't know? And I think that happens a lot with people. Again, another par- – no, it's not a paranoid thought. I know that this is out there. People have told me that some people have the attitude of who cares? Like, you know, when you come and you admit it yeah. or you do – who cares? Well, no, it's good you don't care, but that shouldn't – if you really don't care, part of it is going, yes, I get it. I don't care, but those – some people have to come out because they hid. It's right. not that you care, but some people in the world do. And I always go – for the people that go, why did he stand there? Like, no, affectionately, like nobody gives a shit. We all know. I want to say to him on like a public address system that anybody ever thought that. I wish I could go, uh, yeah, this, this is going to clean it up for you, okay? <laughs> I didn't start in this community. I started hiding it when I was 13. Right. And I got comfortable hiding it. I knew everyone knew. You know, I knew when I, when I was pitching this show, which I still am trying to pitch a show called The Todd Glass Situation, I was saying in the pitch meeting, like, everyone hears the word, like, staying in the closet. But what's that mean? You know, what does it mean? There's so many levels. There's people that don't know. Chris's parents didn't know. My parents did when they got together. I mean, it was, it was comedic and also stressful. Sure. Because, like, we couldn't leave the room without him. You know, because, you know, we couldn't leave the room, them in the room together. Because oh, because you didn't want him to talk to Well, much. my mom, though, I said, Mom, don't mention it. You know, and then one day his niece called me uncle. And it was so heartwarming because she knew at that point, Chris's niece, she went, oh, my Uncle Todd. And I'm like, <laughs> and I start sweating profusely. Oh. And I'm like, but yet I felt good. And so now it's like it's over. It's over. You know, even though I still have to make air quotes when I say my, well, now it's my ex-friend, but, you know, my friend. Right, right, you know, right. Sometimes, you know, I think people are going to be like, Todd, say the word. But I'm like, at least I can say make air quotes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody knows what I mean. So I'll get there. I'll get there and be more comfortable with the other words. But yeah, it's I sweat less. You know, I was always sweating because I was so nervous. And who knew? Who didn't know? And then, you know, people know. The worst is Chris and I would know. We know they know. Right. Like Paige and Rick. We, they know. We know they know because our friend Andrea, she goes, I told them. Oh, okay. But then we were too uncomfortable to say, hey, we know you know. So we just went on for two years. They knew. We knew. They knew. But nobody talked about it. <laughs> and then what if you were like, hey, Paige and Rick. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're together. And then your other friend was like, I was kidding. I didn't tell them. <laughs> I was just trying to freak you out. Oh, no. Oh, but oh, you know what's, inter- what's interesting is how it, it, you can come out of a situation that you don't realize is 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 toxic or bad for you and then you sort of see like for this period of time I was living this certain way and I didn't cuz when you you're just used to it from 13 up until you know your late 40s you're used to that but then when you look back you go how did I keep that you know and and you probably you're probably able to cuz I find like you know when again it's sometimes it's hard uh, someone said something really interesting to me where they said a fish doesn't know it's in water you know what I mean? Like you don't know, like you don't realize sometimes that you're in this kind of this in this situation. And then when you get out of it, you uh, you choke and die. No, you when you get out of it, you you can breathe and you don't realize that. Like if you were stressed out, you were like Ugh, the whole time, and then when that's gone, you yeah. can really like you can really just kind of let it go and and th- be comfortable. Do you think that contributed to the heart attack? No, I don't think that did, but... 3 a.m. food did? Three, <laughs> you know, people are like, I think we figured out what... Um, but what, hearing what you just said, like, calms me. Because you're right. I got, like I said, comfortable in that life. I didn't know. I thought, no, your parents know and your brothers know. It's and- weird how we can get comfortable in chaos. Like, mm-hmm. it's so strange to me yeah. that you would think that, that it's, more, it's more compelling for a human being to seek comfort 
than it is to to seek healthy decisions, healthy choices, like things that will actually bring you long-term comfort because it's so easy to, in the short term, just placate, placate, placate. No, I don't want to have to deal. I don't have to deal. I don't have to deal. And then, but in the long term, you know, it's like making these types of healthy decisions, like being comfortable with who you are, letting, you know, like not get, that, that get, extracting yourself from that type of a, you know, like a situation that might be toxic for you is, is that you really feel, ah, oh, this is how you're supposed to feel and the other way. Wow, I can't believe, I mean, I, you know, especially with drinking, I look back and I go, how did I fucking survive that? Sure. Yeah, there were so many, like, you know, there were some, so many, like, sometimes if you saw some of the stuff that happened, like, you know, when you see a show and you go, that didn't happen in real life, and then you find out, there'd be moments like that where I'd be like, I don't know if I want to put this if I had a show, because people think it's fake, you know, but there was a moment where there was something that went on on our street where the police had to knock on everybody's door, and... You know, Chris went into the other room that was our spare bedroom, which, by the way, a friend of ours that knew, there'd always be luggage and a lot of stuff on that bed. And he would be like, God, that must, he knew about us. But every day, every time he came over, he would make the same joke. He'd go, God, that must suck. Like every night before you go to bed, you got to take all that stuff off. (laughs) (laughs) So, and ironically, (laughs) it was a lot of baggage. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, the police knocked on the door, and Chris ran into the other room and made up, made unmade the bed because they were coming in. Like we don't know, like really. And that's when we would look at each other. We're not dumb. We would look at each other when the situation calmed, or when do we tell the you know the the the, 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 the housekeeper? Like when do we tell her? Like we're still messing up the other bed right. every time she came. And we're not dumb. We're not dumb. When when the situations would calm like that, we'd look at each other and we'd be like, laugh, but also go, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, we weren't stupid. We knew, like, that this has got to end, you know? And we like, would laugh at it. We but... worried the cops are going to come in and go, hey, we're looking for a fugitive. <laughs> what the hell's going on in here? <laughs> now, there's two men, but only one messed up bed. <laughs> now, how's that going to happen, son? Like, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly the bit that we would do all the time. There, there was something. There was a, by the way, there was somebody that they thought there was a bomb on the street. That, that's what caused them to knock on the door. But that would go, wait a second yeah. here. Hang Which on. bed do you boys Call sleep in? Yeah. We got something <laughs> bigger. Yeah, something bigger than something that. Something bigger here. Oh, we got a bomb for you. Oh, right. yes. <laughs> Something funny going down. Is that your here. actual address? Yeah. Or you'd probably believe that. It's a out. good address, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, Todd, just in case people didn't get that, what's your number? <laughs> hey, I give you credit for having a casual show. <laughs> you know, just bleep it out. Yeah, just bleep it. Just bleep out Todd. Just bleep out. <laughs> now nah, you got two places to bleep it. You can throw so much work Katie's way right now. <laughs> Home of Todd Glass and Friends. That's. Uh, <laughs> oh, does she have to bleep that out now, too? <laughs> <laughs> How long we would we do it before she got mad? Yeah. I'm not Sorry. bleeping out. I'm tired of hearing about God damn it, Todd. There was a bomb scare there. You had weird foreign neighbors. There was all sorts of gay shit happening. I mean, it was the epicenter of all the crazy things that happened in places that were not. Wait, sorry. I was tuning out. What were you saying? Oh, I used to leave it. 
I gave my address out. Now Katie's got to edit it every time we say oh, it. So man. she's getting a little bit frustrated over there. <laughs> Kyle, did you make a note of that? Yeah. What? Could you read that back to me? A- yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Good. <laughs> no, it's you know, good. just to piss us off, because I, I, I won't listen right before she posts it. She's just not going to bleep oh. anything. Out. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to bleep out, Katie? I have a headache. <laughs> that's when you make someone have to bleep themselves. That's power. I read 48 Laws of Power. That's number 47. <laughs> that's an addendum. Yeah. Just yeah. add that in there. Make someone bleep themselves. That's how, like, like, ego guy just like, here's some extra ones. And he just starts writing his own laws of power. You know, update this. <laughs> Poor Katie, just so defeated. <laughs> the tog- the Togless situation came from because I would tell a friend that, but he would go, does his parents know? I'd be like, no, no, they don't know about my situation. Yeah. And my friend Daniel goes, oh, is that what you call it, a situation? Oh, that's, that's a hell really of a funny. situation you got yourself into. That's really funny. So that's those, what the show came from. Yeah, the Togless situation. Are you still p- you're pitching? Are you, have you been pitching then? You know, we were, in, we were in sort of works with somebody about the show, uh, with Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and, and I'm not just saying this to say it, like, I still really get along with them. We just had a different vision. And I, I, know, I would just bring it up at all if I didn't. Like, I genuinely, if I'm at a party and I see a lot of those people in the corner, I'll go find them and hang with them. Yeah. And I genuinely like them. But I didn't want to make it. And it's not that I didn't think it could work, because it could work. You think, well, then why wouldn't you do it? Because it wasn't my life. I didn't want to make every story the A-plot being about the dysfunction of the plate spinning. I didn't because it wasn't. It, I wanted it to be the B plot, sometimes the C plot, like it was in my life. And maybe some shows it would be the A plot because some days it was, but rarely. And I just wanted it to be like life went on, but that was an element of the show. Mm-hmm. That there were days when we didn't talk about it at all. I fantasized about an episode where it wasn't brought up at all till maybe the last two minutes. One of those situations we just talked about, where Chris goes to a friend, "Yeah, my parents are coming to town." You, Chris, your friend Mike knows, right? And I go, "No, no, he doesn't know we live together. He doesn't even know we're in a relationship." That was it. Because that's what would happen in real life, and yeah. then we go back to our regular life, um, and we do. We lived, you know, we lived in a. We, we, it's, it's, this is another one of those things that sounds like really. We lived in a duplex, and you know, for a long time, supposedly Chris lived upstairs with Andrea, and then he would come down the back door, and you know, that, you know what? Can, can, can you edit that? You won't edit that, will you? I hate that. I hate anything that has a double entendre because it's like, ugh. But he would. Uh, <laughs> so you would sneak into the house and that was our living situation for a while that uh, I forgot the question even but anyway <laughs> but now everything's good oh the pitching into the show that's what I was asking yeah I just wanted it to be where I was a bar owner mm-hmm. and uh, that that was an element of the show but uh, the Todd Glass situation, which I still want to, because, you know, there have been a lot of shows about people that have been out of the closet, but there's never really been a show about someone in the closet. And I think it would be funny, and I also think it would be interesting. People would be like, oh, I never thought about that. I never thought about, you know, what they had to do in that situation or the, the fake girlfriend. or I mean, I would do so much stuff. I would literally get like Andrea like some of her clothes and then put them like you know like her shoes I'd be like oh yeah Andrea's stuff she leaves some of her stuff here when I was faking that I had a girlfriend now while this was going on when did you find time to write comedy (laughs) oh it's not let me tell you something it is exhausting it is like so much energy devoted to and and then something in your mind that was so important like we have to keep up but no one's really looking that close did anyone no no yeah great observation most people either they knew and they didn't give a shit or if they didn't know 
Exactly. They're not looking that close. Right. You know, there would be moments where, like, me and Chris, you know, even though we're not together anymore, we still laugh about, like, there, there were moments where literally, like, we'd be having friends come over and... Although I think my house is nice and I care about aesthetics, it's a very it's a very manly house. It's you know it's not like a, a very feminine house. So there'd be like a candlestick, and Chris would be like, had friends coming over. He's like, put that away, <laughs> and then uh, and then it'd be like, and when my parents come over, because there was a twelve year age gap in us. So when Chris's parents would come over, his friends would be like, don't talk about like redoing the bathroom. It's embarrassing, and I'm like, oh, sh-. and then we would get into a battle of like, oh really? I go, you don't think it's more embarrassing that if you're worried about what they think? Look at us. We lived together i think that's a sign that we might be you know and uh, if i ever said anything that was perceived as feminine he would always look at me and go (laughs) so you guys don rickles each other yeah oh it was it was the 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 bell thing and the whistle like (laughs) i would be or i'd say what would it be anything i'm like you know maybe we should just anything that was to do with anything that was you know perceived feminine you know would be like you know, so did uh, now, but you don't talk about this on stage a lot, though. You know, I sometimes go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and I, I no, you go ahead because I, I, I didn't, I don't want to tell you what I don't want to tell you why I think you don't do it on stage. So but let me hear. Give give me a guess because you don't want that to be your identity. Exactly, ex- ex- exactly. Your comic identity. You don't want. You don't want it to be. That, you know, hey, look at me, I'm Todd, and I'm a gay comic, and this is all my jokes about that. Exactly. And for a comic that maybe that's been a bigger part of his life, then that's right for him. I'm not writing the rule like any other comedian that might talk about it more. That's great. I think James Adomian does it really great. It's a part of his life. But I always say it about anybody. You know, uh, if you're a black comic, uh, should you talk about, you know, uh, issues about growing up black? Of course. But... If the good black comics talk, they talk about that. They talk about other stuff. It's not all one thing, you know, like that's going to be my thing. And I didn't want it to be my thing. But also I realized, you know, maybe I'll never t- – first of all, at least I'm not lying now. I'm talking about, you know, my girlfriend. Right. Uh, although those stories were true, I just changed the sex. Oh, wow. Proving how relationships are all the same. If that doesn't prove it, I don't know what the hell does. So your boyfriend had a baby? Exactly. <laughs> well, that would be – that's funny because that was a joke we would say like every time I told stories about my girlfriend, my girlfriend, no one ever smelled it because they're the same. Now, granted, if I said like, oh, we were at the airport and my girlfriend was peeing next to me. Yeah. And oh, like, wait a huh, second. What? Um, But yeah, the uh, – the, I'll, I, I'll talk about it in different ways, but there are comedians that are straight that don't talk about relationship right. stuff that much. But, but I am starting to in my act. Slowly, um, you know, I told Louis C.K. that I was uncomfortable talking about it, and he actually gave me some pretty good, clean advice. He goes, well, if you want to, talk about being uncomfortable talking about it. Right. And I go, oh, okay. And that sort of did some of the terms like, uh, you know, do you say boyfriend? Do you say partner? I don't know why. They all just, I hate those terms, you know? And not that other people should stop doing no, that. No, but if, you're, if you don't like those terms, you don't have to like those terms. But I do love that kind of, uh, you know, you think the honesty isn't about talking, is in the talking about it. As a, as a concept for you, but the, but the real honesty is like, but this is how I feel about it. Like, not just talking about the situation, but also right. talking about right. how you feel about it is where that seed of honesty is in it. And that's a really, that's a really interesting... Yeah, instead of, instead of casually maybe saying, because I'm not there yet, oh, my boyfriend or my partner did this, I talk about the word partner. Because right. that's where I'm at. And I... And, uh, I the joke, I, actually, someone emailed this to me, a listener, and I loved it. He goes, Hey, why don't you call him your, would this sound like a little more manly? You're calling your partner in crime. And I'm like, Hey, I could get away with it. I like that. Yeah. Hey, my partner in crime. And we say, and we, you know, our, our crime is we disobey a, 
uh, maybe a fake god. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever think about just calling him uh, the old balls and chains? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Jonah, you should leave after that. Oh one. god! Oh wait, come back because Todd's gonna close the show with the, the old with the phone balls back. and chain. <laughs> Damn it! I wish I was taking a sip of water during that. That would have felt good to choke on it. Mm. <laughs> that, that was that was pretty fantastic. That was pretty Thank fantastic, you. Jonah. There we go. Um, so the book is is the book out now? The book is out now. It's called the Todd Glass Situation, and uh, you know the original title. No, never mind. Um, uh, uh, the book is out now. The Todd Glass Situation. Well, do me. Why didn't you want to tell me the original title? Because we're, we're wrapping up, and it's not that important. <laughs> All right, I know what you're going to say. But if you want to, now I want to know what the original title. Was. <laughs> I feel like there, uh, there were actually two. One, I thought like the original title, and I think Simon and Schuster might have known the right reason. I don't do this to negate them. I really don't. Even though at this point they're going to be like, "Why does he keep bringing this up?" Mm-hmm. I really don't. But I still think I wish it could have been called it. But they know marketing, and they know it could have thrown a lot of confusion to people, and it explains it in the book. But I thought the subtitle. I'm, I'm over prefacing it a little, but it'll be done in thirty seconds. I thought if if the title confused anybody, the subtitle would go. Oh, I think I know what it meant. I think I get it. Yeah. I wanted to call it, all I ever wanted to meet was a nice girl with a terminal disease and other stupid things I said to keep the closet door shut. Oh, right. Okay. And I hated the word closet so much, but I thought if I get to call the book that, I'll let him use closet in the subtitle. Right, right, right. And I think most people knew that, oh, that's not, that's, if I could meet a girl and then she would die, yeah. I could go late, you know, later when I'm 70 years old, go, yeah, Todd never got over Karen. <laughs> You know? Then you would never have to date another. You never have to publicly date another woman. Never have to date another woman. And it's not about making fun of someone with a terminal disease at all. It's about a twenty-one-year-old kid with this plight that wasn't thought out. Of course, that would just you know I'd hang out maybe near like the hospital, you know, and act like I didn't know. Meanwhile, I'm looking so at the chart. You know, which one has definitely going to die so here? Out. Yeah, you're trying. You're trying to find a terminal beard. Yeah, and my friend, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, a beard's good, but a terminal one. Yeah. And my friend. I remember because these are two he was the first friend I ever met that we could talk about it because think about all the, like, all that shit bottles up inside of, of you like does. dating's hard enough but can you imagine being attracted to somebody and you can't tell fucking anybody when I look back I'm like how did my head not explode so I met this friend of mine we just were friends actually but we talked we would sit in diners till three in the morning six in the morning just talking and talking the sun would come out because I was like this was somebody and then I told him that idea he goes that, that, now keep in mind like we're like oh we're a lot alike. He goes, That's, that was the idea I had. I'm like, oh, this guy's definitely going to be my friend for a long time. Like, <laughs> we both have great ideas. Are you still friends with him? Uh, yes, I am. Oh, that's yes, awesome. I am. You know what? Actually, he died, but I didn't want to depress anybody. Oh, but I, oh, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to. He died of just a, a cancer about three years ago. But um, he has a son, and uh, I keep in touch with his, son. with his son. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's nice. But yeah, but uh, but that when I think back Not on nice that, that he died. I mean, no, no, I know what you mean. I, and why did I say that? Because I thought, well, I don't want to. If, if maybe his wife listens to the show, you're like, really? Doesn't Todd know? You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's honest. Hey, he was married, by the way. That's why I said wife because he was married for a little while. Oh, he, oh, that's that's what happened. He, I thought he just he just got married, and I thought, oh, I guess he's not. I didn't know. I thought, and then we didn't talk about it for a long time. And then one day he goes, "Todd, I'm, no, I can't do this." And uh, his wife was awesome about it. But anyway, that was a, both of ours. Twenty-one years old, we're like, "Yeah, that's our great idea. If we could only meet a girl with uh, with a terminal disease." 
Well, uh, do you want to wrap out the show by going out? Absolutely. And calling me and by the way, I had so much fun. Well, it's always great. I mean, you've been on twice. You got to come back again. It was a lot of fun because we never get to hang out. And uh, so you want you want me to go? You're gonna go. Okay. You, you have my number, right? Oh, can I say there's something like I forgot to talk about, and then you're just gonna hang up on me? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Well, no. It's it's you're gonna start. You're going to start telling a sad, like, I'm going to say, how's it going? And then you're going to launch into, like, a really, like, sad, oh, okay. and then just start droning on. And then whenever I feel like I I've it. had enough, I'm going to hang up so on you. So it's not like I left the podcast. This is just a reenactment of, like, me calling you at your house on a Saturday no, night. No, but you're going to go call on the I know, phone. I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Oh, I'm going to okay. say, so we'll, uh, you'll call me and I'll go, hey, Todd, how's it going? And then it'll be like, oh, not so good. And then you'll start talking, and whenever I feel like, you know, it's uh, funny, I'll just hang up. Oh, hey, guys. It's Todd. I'll just put him on speakerphone. Oh, cool. Hello? Hey, Chris. It's Todd. Hey, Todd. Hey, how's, how's it, it going? going? I'm doing all right. I had to put my dog to sleep this morning. I just broke down. Parents, I don't know what it is. I'm not doing great. I've just been impressed with it. You Committed to raising the standard, you're bound to ruffle some feathers. At Happy Egg, we like to say we farm differently. But in reality, we produce eggs the way people used to, by partnering with local small family farmers who raise our happy hens on eight or more acres. Because in our opinion, farming shouldn't be complicated. It should be happy. Choose happy with Happy Egg. Visit happyegg.com and look for the yellow carton at a store near you. Happy Egg.